This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians, and our civilian friends as well. Welcome on in here to Valor Radio once again. And 37 years ago today, this is what you heard. Radio 1030, WYSL, Avon, Livonia, Geneseo. 37 years ago today, Colonel and Captain, we started WYSL on the air. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Yep. That's just spectacular. Yep. Started out as a 500-watt daytimer, and then within the year we went to 1,000 watts. Within 10 years, we went full-time, moving from 1030 to 1040. Uh, Let's see. In 2006, we went to 20,000 watts. In 10 and 18, we added two FM channels, and we're about to go 27,000 watts. Ta-da! So very excited. Wow. Your voice hasn't changed. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm it's still the good. same person. But, uh, yeah, that was our, our initial news intro. Wow. Many it's dogs just, ago. That's uh, just spectacular. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate your support and everybody else's support. Fantastic. Had some nice Folks, commu- communications uh, today. You know, uh, unless you've uh, run a small business day to day, every day, you know, there's no relief. It really is. It's a, it's a commitment. You go to bed with it. You wake up with it. You go on vacation with it. Uh, it just never leaves you. And uh, so it really is. Uh, it takes a special kind of person that... Uh, Really, that that does that, especially for that amount of time, so, and a twenty-four hour a day business too. It's like watching yes. your child grow up. For yeah. you, yes, it must be Bob. Pretty cool. Boy, oh boy, it's just something. Wow. So we well, let's just do one more quick um, uh, milestone here, if we could. Is she really going out with him? Well, there she is. Let's ask. Betty, is that Jimmy's ring you're wearing? The, the Shangri-Las. Gee, it must be great riding with them. Two sets of uh, blue-collar teens, two sets of sisters. By the way, where'd you meet uh, And uh, Mary Weiss, lead singer, has just passed away at age, oh. age 75. Wow. 75? I, I, thought, uh, I thought that she would, you know, I thought she was going to be the, the last one, but her sister uh, Beth... Uh, Elizabeth Beth uh, Weiss is the, the surviving member. So you had the two, you had the twins, the Gansers, and then you had uh, 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 Elizabeth and uh, and Mary Wise. So it's the remainder of the pack. The remainder of the pack is is Beth. Yeah. Boy, oh boy! What several good hits there, uh, and they were they were like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. I mean, they were still in high school Jeez. when they were number one on the on the charts. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Huh. So, it's something. So, how's the weather up there, guys? 
It's okay. sloppy. It's you know nasty. Kind of wet, rainy. Thirty uh, flush. Mid thirties. Mm-hmm. How's okay. it there? Okay, Paul. How is it there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't want to make you suffer. Sure you but, do. What a nudnik. <laughs> Captain Schottenfried. No, actually, Corporal. It was, it was about Colonel 70. Oh. It was about 70 at uh, 6 o'clock this morning when I went in the pool. After he picked and, oranges. Uh, so, and it's probably in the low 80s right now. Beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous out. I hope you get a gator in your... Uh, in oh, your that's pump. nice. That's really nice, Steve. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's really, really nice. So, Sorry. Go out and feed him a moon pie. I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I know. Did you see that video online, the guy that got the gator and got it in the trash bin? No. Yes. <laughs> what do you do? You know, I saw one today, too. Um, it said, Grandpa took care of the gator, and he's got a cast iron frying pan. Oh, gosh. And little grandkid is standing there screaming because the gator's about 10 feet away from it. Grandpa comes running out with a cast iron frying pan, and he starts beating it on the snout, and the gator just turns around and hightails it. Yeah, the one with the, with the trash tote is, is very funny. These neighborhood kids are watching while this guy in shorts and a T-shirt, he's got this big this big uh, trash tote on wheels, and he wheels it up to this gator that's by his garage door and kind of maneuvers the gator so he's got part of the gator inside the trash tote and he keeps on pushing it underneath it like it's a spatula <laughs> then he just quick tips it up and the gator falls in the bin and then he slams the uh the, the, the lid the lid down and runs across the street wheeling this trash tote with a gator inside and dumps it out next to some little retention pond guy's nuts yeah so i think it's probably prudent to avoid them if you can. Yeah. yeah. Do they sell so. ga- uh, alligator meat in the meat markets at all? I mean, can you buy the meat and eat it? Uh, gator's available. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I bought I bought uh, like a gator burger. Uh, <laughs> at a, at, seriously, at a, at a bar. Jeez. Oh, really? Was it any good? Tasted like chicken. <laughs> I was going to say chicken. Here you go. So. Well, Paul, it, it's something to think about. Yeah. You know, another thing, and I, I hate to rub rub it in, it's not anything that the two of you guys are into very much, but you know the gun thing, mm. it's a big thing. Uh, it's not a big deal down here in Florida. I, it's another thing I've noticed being down here. People just take life very easy, and and everybody's got guns, and can't tell you how many great discussions I've had with people about guns, but it's just very relaxed. And, you know, we're never talking about restrictions because it's not it. And we're just talking about the guns we like. Hmm. had a great conversation with someone uh, who had a contemporary, contemporaneous uh, military career with me and had time both with 1911s and Beretta M9s. Mm-hmm. So, we were talking about which one we liked better, and which yeah, one know, do you Steve, like? You probably never got to touch a gun in the in the Navy. No, only in uh, only in training. Yeah. So, um, but those were the two handguns that 
I had during my career. And which did you uh, prefer? Well, you know, I'm sort of a traditionalist, mm-hmm. but I really liked them both. I I have both right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a 1911 guy, but the you know the Beretta carries a lot more bullets, um, and I, I like the Beretta. I I think I I like either of them, but mm-hmm. I my favorite gun of all time is the 1911. There you go. So, um, I guess uh, I do like 45 caliber guns typically, though. So I don't know. Do you, do you I, like? I could uh, take either of them. You like semi-auto or you like a revolver? <sighs> I'm I'm a I like the 1911. Okay. So. You know, it's always good to have a revolver around because it's always going to shoot. Right. You squeeze that um, trigger, it goes bang. Yeah, it really does. Um, but uh, once again, you take care of uh, whatever you have, it's going to go bang. So, uh, but I'm, I really do like 1911s. Um, and I, but most of, you know, 20 of my 30 years... It was uh, the Berettas, and so... Did you have a choice of what you carried when you were in the field? No. No, oh, special really? ops folks, uh, you know, at the higher end of special ops, pretty much, you know, they'd carry what they wanted. I'd see them carrying a lot of different things, but, uh, you know, all us uh, regular folks, it was the 1911s. You know, now they've gone to a SIG. SIG is a great gun. Um, that's the gun I carry every day is a SIG. Uh, now it's good enough for the SIG. SEALs. I'm sorry? I said it's good enough for the SEALs, right? Yeah. So. And so... yeah, I know what you mean, though, the, about the attitudes, because uh, I've got a cousin that lives in Tampa, St. Pete, and we always see her when we go down to Florida, which is pretty much an annual thing. And, uh, you know, her son, who's, you know, he's like in his 40s, is, yeah, he's a gun nut. I mean, he's a collector. He's got everything. And, you know, you talk to people, and they're not all freaked out about guns. And you you would think that with the relaxed, you know, regulation in Florida, the you know, the bodies would be littering the highway. You'd be falling over them on the way into the Piggly Wiggly, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the case. It's ridiculous. All, all these... All these alarmist stories about gun violence are, are really due to the whatever gun violence. First of all, is a invalid term. Uh, a criminal misuse of firearms is the term. Uh, it's all because of you know criminal justice reform in New York State. That's what's mm-hmm. that's what's behind the violence. It's not the you know it's what? not the guns. Guns aren't violent. Gun, a gun is an inanimate object. Yeah, and talking to people down here. I think uh, people that are prone to um, fly off the handle think twice down here before they do that because there's you know a pretty high percentage of people are carrying guns, and you just don't know who is and who isn't. Yeah. Where in New York, you know, the odds are very strong that someone's not carrying a gun. Right. <laughs> and the only ones who get, uh, get uh, firearms around here are the criminals. 
Right. Which, and of course, they don't do that through channels. Yeah, the best cure for a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with when a gun. When I say I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love, L-U-V. Love. Yeah, we'll have some more love when, right after this uh, break here on Valor Radio. Yes. <laughs> Bump out with the Shangri-Las, another one of their big hits. Give it a great big kiss. go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All-American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. And we have the Captain Steve Amato here in studio, and in our Florida studios, we have the Colonel himself, Paul Simonelli. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> hey, Steve. Yeah? I sent you an article. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you. It was a couple years old, but uh, it keeps popping up. And I think it's uh, probably more relevant now than ever. It was about special operations in the future. In the Did future? Did I send that to you or not? No, I don't think so. But go ahead. Well, the premise of it is, the title of it is, the future of special operations may look a lot different uh, than the GWAT aesthetic we've come to know. <laughs> hmm. And, uh, you know, they're saying the days of the burly bearded dude in Oakley's as the face of special operations might be waning. 
Why is that? Well, you ask. <laughs> um, according to Lieutenant Colonel Katie Chrome. Who? Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Katie Chrome uh, oh, said I, I, during yeah, okay, the New American yeah. Future Security Forum, uh-huh. uh, it's only one piece of the puzzle. Ah, one piece. We have to go back. Uh, you know, we see the posters and the stamps and the branding of special operations. You know, the night vision goggles. Right. And the operator with all the gear coming out of the, the water building. And, yeah, I know that. Yeah. And I'll, she thought, yeah. you know, that's not what we need to be advertising. What do we need to right be advertising? <laughs> well, there's a place for the door kicker aesthetic, she added. The people and the mindset and the creativity uh, that we're trying to recruit right now is much different than that. <laughs> oh, really? I, uh, tell me oh more. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm s- dying to know. So afraid. <laughs> who do, who well, do we want now? Part of that might look more of a focus on the civil affairs and psychological <laughs> operation parts <laughs> of SOCOM. The organizations uh, okay. that do more of the hearts and minds work oh, before the mind. conflict gets to the point where operators are going after high-value targets in the middle of the night. Well, you know what Gordon Liddy used to say about hearts and minds? What when you've got them by the balls, the rest of that, that's what will Hearts follow. and minds will follow. That's, that's what he said. And he was right then, and he's right now. Rest in peace. But... The other part could reflect SOCOM's recent commitment to diversity and inclusion. Oh, gosh. Oh, wait a minute. Who's so, who most notably so... aims to recruit more women and minorities into soft organizations. Oh, yeah. That's, all we, that's what we need. That's, this is that'll, a quote. That'll make it I'm sorry. But I think it's difficult in, 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 in for them what, to promote. Into what organizations? So, so, uh, special operations. Special oh, operations okay. forces. Right. Thank you. But I think it's difficult for them to promote and bring on talent that looks different than them, mm. Chrome said, of the existing leadership. I think it should look like America. Who came up not only in the time of the burly bearded operator, oh, but in geez. the time oh, where God. combat deployments meant more uh, Ooh, than any other measure of skill or leadership. Ugh. When someone has taken time out of deployment churn to further their education or take a position outside the prescribed, prescribed pipeline, it just... It doesn't compute somehow in these selection and promo- promotion boards, she said. I'm glad you didn't send me that article. Oh, my Chrome gosh. offered my, her fellow I... panel participants as an example. Um, let me tell you who they were. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> the discussion was moderated by Joint Special Operations University President Colonel Isaiah Wilson III, who was Ooh. black and included Indian American Marine Major Akil E.R. and Army Captain Shea. Uh, Captain Shay Haver, one Shea? of the first women to graduate from Ranger School. Ooh. Oh, really? Oh, I, we are I definitely not the recruiting poster for special operations. Uh, but I would his, say that we are at the Shea forefront <laughs> of a lot of Shay. thought within the community, Chrome said. So here's what I find so offensive about this whole article. Yeah. I will tell you, without a doubt, this woman... And these people on this panel are saying that here's this is the crux of this. Um, let me read this last paragraph here, and then I'm going to tell you what's so offensive. You know, 
I think that it's always an afterthought, and it probably needs to be on the same playing field, she said. And I think when it comes to the challenges that we're facing right now with strategic competition, it's the problem-solving and creative solutions that paralyze senior leaders. And so those are the things I think we really need to be testing in the future to make sure we're recruiting. Well, let me tell you something about the people in special operations. Those door kickers, those burly guys with the beards and the Oakley sunglasses, they don't make it through special operations selection because they're burly and they're sunglasses. Yes, they happen to be strong. They happen to be great physical specimens, but they all are above average intelligence. They all get tested constantly through the selection process on their ability to adapt and to problem solve. And all of these guys and the few girls, ladies that make it through, are all way above average when it comes to those exact things that, they're, that she says that they need to be looking for. So mm. this woman needs to take her head out of her butt. And I don't know <laughs> yeah. what she's doing sitting on any panel because she doesn't know anything about what she speaks. Mm. Um, I'll take a door kicker that's qualified as a SEAL or a special forces soldier or a, a pararescue in the Air Force. Uh, I'll take them over any... DEI qualified, mm. uh, selected person any day of the week. Amen. You know, meritocracy, that's all that matters when someone's shooting at you. I want the best person next to me. All right, I spoke my piece. Uh, Steve? These, these, are, this is the, these are the leaders, the thought leaders in the American military now? What was this Just, panel uh, called again? What was it? Uh... Um, yeah, let's get back to what the panel was called. I'm, just, uh, I'm looking back. Is this an now. officially convened uh, DOD? New America Future Security Forum. Oh, God. God, God, don't help let us. it be, don't let it be true. Yeah, I know. Well, so, you know what? Uh, they're entitled to their opinion, but not their own facts. It would be nice if they put a couple of special operators on those uh, daises once in a while. But I guess right. it's better to have somebody just throwing rocks. You know, huh. I can't tell you. I... I I've had the privilege of working next to special operators, U.S. special operators. In Bosnia, I worked next to British SAS special operators. That's pretty cool. And I got to tell you, I was constantly impressed. Yeah, they're impressive. They are impressive. With what these guys were able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, just people want to people want to uh, pigeonhole them as knuckle draggers, and that is so far from the truth. They are uh, above average intelligence. They're, they're some of the smartest people in the military are in special operations. They um, have to be. I, I, the first my first encounter with anybody who was going into that community was when I was at OCS. My one of my uh, uh, co- uh, members of my company at OCS was a Yale graduate that was going to Buds after OCS. And I presume he, he, he got through it quite easily because he was a pretty hardcore dude, but smart, real smart. So Yeah, and here we are. Um, we lost two yeah. great SEALs yeah. this past week. Mm-hmm. Can I talk um, a little bit about that? Please. Yeah, we had, um, Take it. <clears throat> we had two, uh, two Navy SEALs die in the Arabian Sea. Uh, a few days ago, um, very dark night off of Somalia. 
members of SEAL Team 3. And I don't know why they announced that. I wish they hadn't done that. There's no reason why we should know that they belong to SEAL Team 3. But anyway, uh, they climbed aboard an unflagged ship carrying illegal Iranian-made weapons that was going to Yemen, to the Houthi rebels. And uh, the, uh, I don't, they call them, uh, what do they call them, uh, uh, Navy Special Operations uh, second class uh, petty officer Nathan Gage Ingram slipped while climbing a ladder onto the boat and fell into the gap between the ship and the uh, seal craft. And uh, a first class petty officer Christopher J. Chambers jumped in to save him. And uh, as a result, both men were lost. Um, well, it, one thing it did do uh, that they're, they're, they are saying and giving them credit for. Uh, besides their heroism, is that they established a direct link between Iran and the Houthi rebels uh, when they found the uh, they, they found the weapons aboard and traced them. So yeah, we're God bless. Talk more about that when we come back. God bless we'll those be back two sailors. Shortly. Yeah, right. we'll be back with more of Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. It was way past midnight, and you still couldn't fall asleep. This night the dream was leaving She tried so hard to keep And with the new day's dawning She felt it drifting away From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks And from Canada to Pennsylvania You're listening to Valor Radio we are back in here with Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Thanks so much for joining us. And we have Captain Steve Amano in the studio and in the Florida studios, way down south, Colonel Paul Simonelli. Thanks, Robert. So, Steve, you were talking about uh, the loss of these two SEALs um, and the connection with uh, Iran. Mm-hmm. The uh, it seems Iran has been getting a little bit more aggressive. Oh yeah. I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, the, the the one article you sent uh, talked about the um, the attacks on uh, Iran's around uh, uh, on the neighboring countries show how emboldened Iran is, and uh, and how Iranian proxies are attacking Americans all over the Middle East. In, in, in any number of different places, and, and uh, it, it's it's pretty obvious to me that um, that they feel like they're getting away with something. And uh, I I see the the the, uh, the the Biden administration running scared. Unfortunately, um, I just here's a perfect example. The um, Saturday, uh, a U.S. Uh, well, it was not a U.S. base anymore. It's an Iraqi base where there are Americans in Iraq, uh, Al Assad Air Base was attacked by an Iranian proxy, again, the Houthi rebels. And the U.S. says it, it, it merits a serious response, quote-unquote. Okay, so uh, it was attacked with numerous missiles and rockets. That's a quote from our spokesman. And one Iraqi uh, person was killed, and uh, U.S. personnel were hurt. They didn't, they didn't get into specifics about what happened to them. Uh, although in the last couple of days, we've learned that uh, two Americans have uh, sustained uh, uh, traumatic brain injuries in the last couple of weeks from attacks by the Houthis. So it is affecting our people in, in a big way. Um, 
The, the, the spokesman for the U.S. said this was a grave attack. This is a quote from him. This was a grave attack involving ballistic missiles that present a tangible threat, unquote. Boy, that's a hell of a comment. It's from a guy named John Finer, who's the Deputy National Security Advisor at the White House. And here's the, the quote that really got me uh, uh, animated. Quote, our intention is to respond to establish deterrence in such situations and to hold accountable those groups persistently attacking us, unquote. Let it be guaranteed that we are approaching this matter with extreme seriousness. Boy, does that make you, does that make you scared or Pretty, what? Yeah, it made a chill run up, up my your big spot, toe. I bet it did. Yeah. Isn't that something that, you know, first of all, I always contend that um, uh, deterrence is like virginity. Once you've lost it, you can't get it back. You know, you don't you don't just you don't just establish deterrence on the on a, the on a whim. And right now, we don't have deterrence at all, which is why they're attacking us in every direction, at every point of the compass. We're getting attacked in that region of the world. So, uh, and and to say that, let it be guaranteed that we're approaching this with extreme seriousness. What does that mean? That's completely meaningless. Do something. It's called walk timidly and carry a tiny stick. That's exactly what it is. We are walking timidly. I, I just I can't believe we're in this situation, but we are. And uh, we're going to need to do something to get us out of it because under the current situation, um, they're, they're winning. The, they're winning the fight. New commander-in-chief would help. It's not going to happen for a while. A lot, can be, a lot of damage can be done in the next... Uh, Year sure plus, can. you know, sure can. Unfortunately, yeah. so I don't know. Uh, this is going to be a tough year. I, I think you're right. I, I've already, just... I'm already uh, duct taping my head because uh, it's going to be ugly. Right, and Steve, you uh, during the break we were talking about uh, uh, a rather extended uh, tweet I sent you. <sighs> This this is devastating stuff. I I tell you what, what every once in a while you you get something like this and you say uh, it would be a public service if everybody read this. It's not a lot. There's not a lot there, but um, um, boy, it, it, if it if it's uh, credible and she sounds credible, this woman who went to visit friends in the Ukraine and returned with a very sad perspective. I don't know if you want to mention any of it. If you can remember, I I, I made some notes on it, and I'll, I'll tell you, they I read them again this morning, and they depressed the hell out of me. Right. I'll, well, I'll, I'll get into it if you want. No, we can, we can. Um, but the bottom line is, she said everything that we're being told about the Ukraine is not true, uh, and I think I've been suggesting that that you know I've been reading newspapers from other parts of the world Mm -hmm. and uh, you know what i'm reading is not doesn't comport with what we're hearing back here not at all Um, you know the reality she's saying is darker bleaker and unequivocally hopeless hopeless is the word she used um she said there's no such thing as ukraine winning the war right and no uh, hope no hope of them winning what i see happening um you know, she says by their estimates in the country, they've lost over a million of their sons, fathers, husbands. Uh, you know, they've amazing. lost a million males. A million. Um, even in the Southwest, where the 
anti-Russian sentiment is long-standing. Citizens are reluctant or straight-up scared to publicly criticize Zelensky because they are afraid they'll go to jail. Um, and that's something people it, in America need to know because Zelensky right. is, is kind of white knight, and he's got this media uh, kind of, right. you know, this everybody's good public stumping affairs. For him. Right, very good public um, affairs. They said in every village and town, the streets and shops are mostly absent of men. The few men who remain are terrified of leaving their homes for fear of being kidnapped into conscription. Some have resorted to begging friends to break their legs to avoid service. Think about that. Oh my Army God. search parties uh, take place early in the morning when men leave their homes to go to work. Right. They, they got- ambush and kidnap them off the streets. Within three to four hours, they get listed in the Army and taken away straight to the front lines with minimal or no training at all. They, they grab them, they shag them off the street, and within four hours they put a uniform on them and send them to the front. And they're cannon and fodder. They have, and they have no training. They right. don't even know that's how to what, use their weapon. That's what Saddam Hussein did in 1990. Did he? He was driving trucks around uh, neighborhoods, <laughs> picking up people and sending them to the front. Um, she said where she was staying, a dentist had been taken by security forces on his way to work, uh, you know, leaving behind his two small children. I uh, said every day, three to five dead bodies keep arriving from the front lines. Um, you know, they he said this is just going on. So and, and, and here's and, and that the, the, there said the parts of the Ukraine that have been reclaimed from Russia, supposedly, are so uninhabitable that uh, they're just rubble, and no one can ever live there again. So here's the deal. Here's what I would say. Um, By the way, this very long tweet of hers explaining all this has gotten 4.2 million views. So I'm glad people are seeing it. Wow. Um, Here's my take on it. Uh, Putin's accomplishing exactly what he wants. He's... He's eliminating the Ukrainian uh, nationality. He's killing off all the males. And ultimately, he will end up with the Ukraine as part of Russia. Mm -hmm. And there won't be any Ukrainians left to fight him. There won't be any Ukrainians left to claim sovereignty. Mm -hmm. So... He's got the population. He can afford to lose a million or two million or three million people. Um, They can't. And so this is just going to continue. Uh, The the people inside the Beltway in Washington like it because, you know, the defense contractors are making out like bandits. Yes, they are. You know, we're, we're using, you know, in a week between what's going on uh, in the Middle East with the Navy firing off, you know, a year's worth of cruise missiles in three days. Right. Um, and all the stuff we're sending to the Ukraine, the defense contractors are just having a field day. Um, so, you know, we're not going to see anybody wanting to stop anything. And at least with this administration. And so I just don't see any uh, anything to stop this in the near future, at least until a new administration comes in. All right, I'm hearing music. We'll take a break. 
We'll be back with our last segment of Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. On the WYSL stations, also at WYSL1040.com. go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or MGMinsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And we are back in with the Colonel and the Captain. And also, thankfully, you. Thanks for joining us on the WYSL stations. Here's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I don't know, Steve, you don't see anything changing in the Ukraine before. New administration comes in. I, I don't know. The only yeah. question I have is whether we're going to get ourselves ensnared in this whole thing. The, there's the, the, the one concern that a lot of people have was that there's a myth developed that American soldiers are going to come to replace the uh, the Ukrainians who have been killed in the war, that we're going to take the war over and win it for them. And, boy, I hope that's not the case. Because I don't think there's any war to win there. I, don't, I really don't think there's... There's a war that can be won there, and uh, that's not because the Russians are so damn invincible. Um, they've got their own problems, but um, I think we better we better back off. Just from the pictures I'm seeing, what's left? Yeah, I mean, mo- good isn't question. Most, most of that country leveled now. Good, a good portion of it. It looks like Dresden, 1946. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite that bad, but the bottom line is, and if we go back to when this whole thing started. You know, I think uh, if we looked in our archives, the one thing I talked about was Russia uh, believes that it cannot exist without a warm water port. And the Ukraine provides that. 
So it it it, it can't it doesn't think it can survive without it. Mm. Um, they don't have that needs, with Crimea. They, I haven't looked at a map recently. They don't have that with the Crimea. Um. Well, but they then they need a land bridge to it. I see. And so, and that's that eastern eastern Ukraine. And very early on, had there been, you know, the, with the annexation of that land bridge. Uh, and the warm water port, I think this thing would have been over with very quickly. And when Trump says he could have settled this, had this settled in a couple of days, you know, he would have told the Ukraine. That's the way it's going to be. I, I just don't um, think we're going to get anywhere by by sticking our thumb in Vladimir Putin's eye every chance we get. We, right. we keep doing this. And, you know, I, I, I am no fan of that guy. I think he's evil. And he I, he's a commie, and I, you know how I feel about commies. But Vladimir Putin is a one smart dude, and he's got us, he's got us uh, figured out. And I think he that does. He's, he's playing us right now, and we're falling right into his trap. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, we're just going to get in deeper and deeper. And if we don't knock off this baloney with uh, trying to steal his assets, we're going to be in, in big trouble. You, you, I don't know, I sent you an article about how the— the U.S. is trying to seize $300 billion in, in Russian assets uh, that were uh, in, uh, invested in other countries. And when, when the Ukraine invasion occurred, we went about our, our business seizing all these assets all over the world. That is Russian property. Right. They're going to want it back. Right. You know, and, and that's just the deal with, with them. And for us to be – now Larry Summers is trying to come up with a plan where we – we don't just freeze the assets. We, I said seize. We're freezing the assets. Now we're, we want to seize the assets. And that's theft. You, you start stealing Russian property abroad, they're going to be a reaction. It's not going to be pretty. If they think the U.S. is going to get away unscathed in this, I got news for them. You know, uh, Putin is not afraid to flex his muscle. Maybe he should be, but he's not. And that's not, that's not a good sign. Right. We, we got that all over the world now. We got it in North Korea where Kim Jong-un is doing the same thing, and, and we're, not, we're not responding in any way that's deterring these people because our, our deterrent has failed us miserably. Right. So we're, we're in a world of hurt right now, and I don't know what's going to get us out of it besides a change in leadership, but that won't come for another year. Absolutely. If it comes at so, all. So. We're, uh, this, this is a tough situation. And, it is. And, you know, the U.S. is made some decisions after 9-11 that are starting to have, and I don't think most people realize, you know, the U.S. dollar uh, has always been hmm. the currency that business has been done with. The reserve around currency, the world. right. And the laws that we passed after 9-11, um, including the Patriot Act and many of the banking laws, that have been passed since 9-11 have pretty much told the rest of the world, um, you're going to have to let us in your shorts on anything you do financially if you're going to do business with U.S. dollars. And because the U.S. It was pretty arrogant and said, oh, people won't change how they do business. 
they'll always do it in U.S. dollars. No. And every year there's a shift and less and less dollars are being used mm -hmm. and more and more other currencies are, are they're shifting away from us. Mm -hmm. And one of Osama bin Laden's objectives in attacking, you know, New York City mm -hmm. was to hit, hit us economically. Right. And financial to center. destroy us economically. And while it didn't accomplish that goal, you know, it maybe had a, you know, $500 billion effect that day. Mm -hmm. um, the long-term effect with these laws that we brought on ourselves is that very slowly the U.S. dollar is having less and less effect on the world economy every year. And over the course of the last 22 years, 23 years, and the, the U.S. has become weaker economically because the U.S. dollar is not being used. And, you know, we see what's happening in, you know, in the Ukraine with Putin, us trying to mm -hmm. see, you know, flex muscle. Right. That we, and it's an ever-weakening muscle mm -hmm. because the U.S. dollar isn't as strong as it's is never going to be as strong as it was. Right. Now, people have to understand in America that uh, if the U.S. Uh, dollar is replaced as the world's reserve currency, overnight everything we, we, we buy or everything we produce automatically doubles in price. Uh, it's just, I mean, it, it's just unfathomable to me that we could lose our reserve currency status, which we've had for like probably close to uh, at least – 85 years, I mean, since World War II. Right. So, yeah, so uh, if it happens, it, it spells the end of America as we know it. I mean, our, right. our country changes dramatically overnight. Yeah, Absolutely. we have all these countries pushing for it. They've all aligned. Now, now, right now, they're conspiring. Saudi Arabia. Right, they're trying to make it happen. And, and, and the, the Biden administration seems to, to uh, be okay with it. I mean, I, I don't see any pushback. Well, they see the digital reserve currency. That, that's what they, they want. That's right? what they want. Central bank. Uh, uh, the control. Yeah, digital currency. Because so, that, that way they, they have total control over us because they can just make our money go away. Mm -hmm. Like Monitor like all transactions, right? Yep. Beautiful. So one, yeah. So I want to change gears very quickly right before the end because it's something important happened this week and. uh we don't know why the Supreme Court decided, because they just signed an order. It was five to four. Mm. Um, boy, oh boy. And it, it's a tough question. Uh, you know, federal supremacy clause, I, I, it's a tough question. A state uh, taking action to protect itself, supposedly on an international border. Mm -hmm. um, Tell them what the decision it, was over, Paul. Uh, this is over uh, Texas uh, trying to uh, keep uh, border patrol folks away from uh, the the Mexican Texas border uh, and using Texas uh, police and National Guard to keep uh, um, people that are trying to enter illegally from getting in. And, and, two and, to methods. Use, and to use razor wire. Right. Right. Concertina Which, wire, right. razor wire. But also, they've been putting uh, barriers out in, in the Rio Grande River 
Right. Um, now, this case was about the razor wire, but there's another one right behind it about these floating barriers right. that keep people from getting across the river to the shore. So those could be coming out pretty soon, too. Yes. Great. Um, so <laughs> what are we supposed Supreme to do? The Supreme Court ruled five to four that uh, the feds could cut the razor wire and take in and get access to um, right. the uh, shore of the river. And that's, that means that two of the so-called conservatives on the court voted with the majority, which were the, 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 the liberals. Yeah. So who, who are the two people that um, sealed the deal for the, uh, the other um, side? Amy Cohn and Bryant. Co- Coney Barrett? Coney Barrett. Yeah. Coney Barrett, I'm sorry. Yeah. And Oh, and the Chief Justice. And the Chief Justice, thank you. John Roberts, thank you. The yeah. gift that keeps on giving. Yes. So... Well, more to follow on that. Okay, folks, that's another week. Please keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. Special prayers out to our uh, two sailors that died this week, Navy SEALs uh, serving uh, our nation. And we'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Have a great week. Pray for the USA, New York State, and Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure Being all that I can be I can't call it